Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Mastermind.fm. Your hosts today are Ninja James Laws of Ninja Forms fame and myself, John Galea from WP Mayor and WP RSS Aggregator. Today, we're going to be joined by Robert Abella, who's best known in the WordPress world for his work on the excellent WP Security Audit Log plugin, which is basically a security plugin that logs everything that's happening on your WordPress website. And I'm interested in um, having the inside view of owning that plugin business and Robert goes on to share a lot of detail into his struggles and uh, how he overcame that those challenges that he faced and also how he balanced consultancy work and plugin development at the same time and then we end up the show by discussing some good tips in terms of uh, security since Robert is by his uh, profession a security expert so it's great it's a great episode I am sure you're gonna enjoy it so without further ado let's get straight into it. Let's talk about SiteGround. SiteGround offers fully managed WordPress services on top of a high-performance hosting platform. They offer a range of hosting plans with WordPress-specific tools that are ideal for both new and seasoned WordPress users. Starting with one-click installs, automatic updates, free WordPress migration, developer tools like Git, WPCLI, WordPress-friendly caching and staging, Add to that their professional top-rated support for WordPress, themes, and plugins, and you get a hosting service that's a great fit for any kind of WordPress project. Long trusted by the WordPress community for their customer service and reliability, SiteGround was also recently officially recommended by WordPress.org for the quality of their service. With such a strong line of praise, even if you're not looking for hosting yourself, you can still generate some affiliate revenue by recommending a great hosting solution to your clients and audience. So be sure and visit SiteGround.com today. Okay, so we're here with Robert. Uh, Robert, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Thank you, John. Thank you for having me on the show. So, Robert, before we jump into kind of this history of you, you and WordPress, it's worth mentioning that Robert is Maltese like me. And we actually first met in Malta while Robert was still working uh, with a company in Malta. And I was still in my freelance days. And they actually hired me to do some work for their website. And I guess while uh, we had a good chat at their offices, I was talking about WordPress and the opportunities that it had provided me. I'm, I think at that point I had been having some success with WP Mayer as well. And shortly after that, Robert actually took the step to leave his job and start his consultancy business slash plugin business. And uh, we can talk about, of course, the mix between consultancy work and having a, a fairly successful WordPress plugin at the same time. So um, Robert, why don't you take it from there, from those initial stages and give us a bit of a run through uh, until to where you are today, basically. Sure. Okay. So basically I, I got to know about WordPress while working for a software company and um, we were using it f um, for our website, basically. And that's when I that's where I met um, Jean basically because we needed someone to make some design some some design jobs on the website as Jean just said who was in his freelance days and that's where we met back then I was already kind of um, juggling the idea of should I go as a freelance um, I was I was working in the corporate world let's say for around 15 years um, so I just um, w wasn't sure yet so once I met Jean as he said we were talking during the meeting we met a couple of times outside work, outside business hours, and we had a couple of chats. And actually, Jean was um, one of my main influences to just kind of leave everything and and start the freelance life, basically. 
Um, as soon as I left, I started, uh, I had some consultancy in web security mostly because that's my, my area of expertise. Um, but at the same time, I started a website, which is WP White Security, um, where I mostly I was using it to, to, to write everything I've learned about WordPress in terms of security, um, articles, and through it, I was also providing some sort of WordPress security consultancy. So basically, it, I, it started off with cleaning hacked websites, but as we know, that market now is a bit um, overcrowded. So it's, uh, I moved slowly, slowly into more about uh, helping businesses keep their web websites secure, basically. Uh, in the meantime, out of boredom, most probably, or because um, I didn't have a lot of work back then, um, I wanted to develop a plugin because I had the need. I had the need to have some sort of um, audit lock for WordPress because I noticed there was there were a few audit lock plugins, but mostly they were target rather than security. Mostly they were targeted towards webmasters who were taking care of websites for for their customers. So they weren't so, so much detail. So I wanted to develop this plugin, and since I had a bit of free time, I started developing it myself. Now um, I'm not a developer myself. I mean, I can write some lines of code, but what I can do in a week, a proper developer can do it in two hours. So, so basically, I immediately um, was going to give up. But then I met um, through my previous employments. I knew someone, some developers wanted to work as part times. So we started kind of juggling the idea of, of starting developing this this plugin. It, it started, it took off, um, and basically, keeping the story short, the first year I was focusing. Um, I, I, I didn't even had an idea that I would monetize it basically it's just just having a plugin there in fact I was using in the beginning I was using the plugin to kind of promote my services and website nowadays it's the other way around but um, so basically yes we started developing the plugin um, I was surprised because within the first um, few months um, I did of course some, some some guest posts here and there but within a few months the download started picking picking up basically um, and I was surprised by the amount of feedback I was getting on the WordPress.org forums, um, from people, emails, etc. So I was I was quite surprised. So then basically I was thinking of somehow monetizing the plugin. Back then, by the way, I, the developer I was working with, we were just friends. There was no money involved. It's just listen, I'm doing all the marketing and the other things, and you're doing development. Um, as the plugin grew, as the demand grew, um, I started thinking of premium add-ons. Um, the developer I had basically didn't have any more time to, to continue working part-time so i started looking into hiring a developer basically so far um until um nowadays it's fine but back then i didn't have a lot of as john must might might know as well i didn't have a lot of luck with developers in fact i spoke to john a couple of times about recruiting developers together and, and we kind of juggled these type of ideas um i managed to Somehow I managed to find a developer based on Mot as well, and I was paying him. It started working well. Um, the problem with most part-time people, it seems, uh, it's, not, it's not actually a problem, but the limitations they have is is consistency. They cannot be consistent. Basically, they um, sometimes they give you a week of work, sometimes they they disappear for a month, something. And so, so basically, the development was there, the plugin was growing, but it wasn't the, the whole idea, the whole project wasn't stable, basically. Um, I thought of the premium add-ons, we started selling some add-ons, um, but as I said, the development sometimes was slow, um, sometimes support was slow, so we're losing some customers. And so the first year of the plugin was basically 
promoting the plugin as an, a free plugin. And the second year was when I introduced the premium add-ons. The second year, uh, I made some sales, but basically in the first year, I lost around $8,000 because I was paying someone. I did some revenue, but in, in total, I lost $8,000. Um, last December, as in December 2015, in fact, I was thinking of, of, of shutting everything down. Development wasn't stable. Um, the developer I used back then was also moving from Malta, was going to live in another country. He found a better job, so of course, um, I ended up without developers. I ended up losing $8,000 in a year. So I just thought of, of shutting the doors, basically. Um, out of luck, I was in Malta in, in Christmas because I'm living in Scotland. Um, I met someone who introduced me to some developers. And um, basically this year I started, um, I was able to, this developer gave me a commitment that they would be doing a certain amount of hours every month. And that kind of, that type of stability helped me um, improve the development pace of the plugin and, and um, increase also the, the followership of the plugin. Um, another thing which I changed, and in fact, this year so far, um, I we've reached, I think, 600 customers already, paying customers. In terms of revenue, the plugin generated so far around 35,000 um, pounds, I'm sorry, dollars. I've spent around $15,000, so the project this year has been profitable and healthy. In fact, I'll be using the same money to to basically rebuild a new website, you know, and keep on um, investing more and more in development and other marketing activities. Um, the switch that kind of turned the plugin from a project with a loss to a profit um, was I had this dilemma of um, how to promote the premium add-ons. It's not about the marketing strategies, it's just about, I know I'm a user myself of WordPress and I hate it when pop-ups and, and adverts um, show up in, in plugins. So I didn't want to be that kind of I don't want to have the type of plugin where users don't like the adverts and, and all these pop-ups, etc. So I, I was trying to find the right balance there. And that's kind of when I managed to strike the right balance, let's put it this way. The plugin instantly from the first month, from just the small change, turned turned profitable. And yeah, basically nowadays, um, I'm, I'm quite happy. I mean, I had a bit of hiccups over the way, different developers. In fact, one of the issues I had with the previous developers as well was that when we started developing the add-ons, um, the developer kind of gave up because there were competitors who were developing kind of similar add-ons, um, but because we were slow at developing them, they were coming up with the same ideas as we, the same ideas that we had, but before us. And the developer was like, "How can we compete with a team of nine, ten people?" You know, and and he was giving up. We were slowing down. But funny enough, looking back nowadays, um, we're still competing with the same people. But the plugin which I have, WP Security Audit Log, is actually in terms of active installations. It's actually the number one most popular plugin in that particular um, field. So yes, I mean, it is difficult, but uh, I mean, you shouldn't give up. I mean, yes, because some teams have nine, 10 people, 20 people, um, it doesn't mean you, you cannot compete, you cannot take a piece of the pie. And, and nowadays I'm quite happy because looking back, we're the number one plugin in that specific area, you know? Uh, Robert, that was a great, I think, summary of your journey. Uh, I wanted to touch on a few points. So last year you you mentioned, I think the, the plugin is three and a half years old in total, or is it less than that? Yes, yes. The first year was free, just the free plugin, kind of getting traction. Second year, we introduced the add-ons, and this is the second year. 
Uh, the third year in, in the process, yes. The third year. So, so the second year, you made you actually made a loss of um, eight thousand dollars. Correct. Um, tell us, like, what what was your state of mind, say, December last year? Tell us about how you were feeling, because I think this is something that we should really dig deeper into. You know, this crisis kind of that many developers feel if their plugin is not an instant success. What yes. made you continue? Um, it it is a crisis because. At the end of the day, uh, I have a family. You know, you have <laughs> you have to to feed your family, bring food on the table. So, so it is a crisis. Um, it, it, the the and as I said before, I, in December I was thinking of just shutting down the project. I was thinking of just releasing the the premium add-ons on the on the repository and just leave them there be. You know, basically. The thing that kept me going is that um, I have other jobs and. In the meantime, so I had some sort of financial backup, and that's that's very important for me. I mean, I lost money, but at the end of the day, I still had kind of money to live, you know, and, and to keep on living the normal life. Um, so that's that's one of the most important factors, I think. Um, if I think if if I didn't have that money, then there would be much more pressure. You would look at things differently, and you would stop the project there and then. So the fact that I had that amount of money, um, that kind of some sort of backup. That's what kept me going. Another thing that kept me going is um, during the first year when I had the premium add-ons. This is related to the finding the right balance of marketing. I, 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 as I said, I didn't want to be to have too much adverts kind of in the plugin that would annoy the user. So what I did basically is when you install the plugin, you have this menu. You have kind of audit, lock, settings, help, and the usual stuff. And the last entry in the plugin menu was um, extensions, extend the functionality, and that did generate some sales. But I, I, I was never sure. Um, I was kind of. I thought that it's not enough. Um, it, it the plugin can do better because, as I said back then, it had already like twenty thousand active installations, more than two hundred thousand downloads, etc. So, and I know other plugins which have the same kind of statistics um, were generating much more income. Um, so I said, let me. Um, in the beginning, I wanted to kind of rather than just having a menu item like extend functionality, I wanted to just put on the actual functionality explain what the functionality is in the menu. So instead of having a link extend functionality and then you read about all the premium add-ons, I just put the title of each add-on in the menu, like reports, email alerts. And that was actually what kept kept me going. Because I said, Let's, let me try this for another two months. And if it doesn't work, then, then, then we'll call it a day. And as soon as I switched that, January, February, I immediately made more revenue. Um, the first month was like 3,000 something more revenue than, than I was spending on development. And and the fact that I was seeing that, that kind of kept me going. Um, I'm still spending a lot of time for which I'm not personally paid for, but but the fact that there are the, num- the numbers are there, um, the sales are there, the revenue is there, there's a lot of interest from people, um, it's keeping me going. In fact, I think the only thing that's holding me back, kind of holding the growth back, is myself trying to allocate more time to dedicate more time to the plugin and, and do a bit of, of do a bit more of marketing effort because if I do that I think um, it can help because each time I do some sort of small campaign I don't know I'd write a blog a guest blog post somewhere or things like that I can see that small kick kick up kick in revenue you know so if I if I start doing that more often most probably it will start generating more and more income it, but yeah it was a very difficult time it was a very difficult decision and it's just um, one thing that I've learned from someone is that um, success is not easy. I mean, that's um, if it was easy, everyone would be successful. So I kind of looked at the thing like, listen, okay, um, everyone, I'm, I'm sure like most of you, of you guys who have their own companies or, or projects um, have failed from one time to the other. And 
that was my first failure and then one day I said this is my first kind of hiccup my first hurdle I shouldn't stop let, let me just give it another try you know and, and thankfully I'm here today you know that's nice awesome to hear that and I think what it boils down to is that you had already this very good user base who were actually active and possibly giving you feedback about the plugin and the .org forums as well and so what what I'm seeing here is that you didn't actually have to make something else in order to get more revenue it was just a marketing tweak basically right uh, correct correct no the users were active and that's one of the reasons it got me going because there were, the user base was there it just wasn't converting you know that, that's the biggest problem because i think it would also be a different issue if you were say selling a completely premium add-on or a premium plugin and not having any revenue so you wouldn't have no idea if people actually want this product uh, exactly and that's kind of um yeah I, I had people using the free plugin um they were kind of asking me about functionality and i was like listen i have it but it's premium you know and I had users who bought the premium add-ons and they were very happy about it. So I could easily find kind of, there was, that was the missing link that free, the free plugin users weren't aware of the premium add-ons. So I had to somehow do something to, to make them more aware, make, make them know about these things, you know? Right. So the freemium model was the right choice for you or just the problem wasn't making the transition from free to the premium. Yes. Um, I, I, considering, um, I, um, I I have my website WP White Security and I have a good number of visitors and followers um, in general. Still, I don't think it has enough kind of brand power to. I don't have enough brand power to launch a plugin totally premium. It's like, hi, this is developed by us. I mean, it's like, okay, who are you? You know. So the fact that I had the free plugin and an active user base helped helps kind of launch the, the, the freemium model. I feel like I need to jump in so to justify my actually being on the episode. Uh, <laughs> I, I do have actually a couple of questions that I wanted to ask. And I, I, Robert, I really appreciate your story because even from Ninja Forms and, and many times people see where we're at right now and they think, oh, the, you know, this company's got it together. They've got this product and it was always this way. But yeah, I mean, we, we have a similar story, actually. When I was, when I was reading through some of the pre-show notes, uh, I was realizing that we have a similar story in the sense that we were in a saturated market. There were other people with bigger teams. Uh, they had more influence. They were connected with other people in the WordPress space. So they were able to get that influential power to kind of back them and, and give them that, that uh, clout, if you will, to say, yeah, these guys are good and this product is good. And we kind of came in that same thing. So we, I, I understand that like initial like couple years struggle in getting a product out there until it finally takes off. And I'm curious, uh, from, the, from the free to your premium add-ons, what was the deciding factor for you to go with the add-on model instead of just a more souped up version or premium version of your product just like a single step up versus doing add-ons uh that's a good question because that's something i'm kind of um still experimenting with um and originally originally i had um originally even till this day i i just was selling separate add-ons i had a good amount of sales but um i think if you had to buy all the add-ons separately it is difficult for people to justify paying all that money for all the add-ons. So what I did, I, um, rather than going to well, fully souped up plugin or add-ons, I just used the, both, the best of both worlds. So I have, I still sell the add-ons separately because some people maybe need just one particular functionality and they're not, um, they just want to pay for that add-on only. And then I have a bundle. So when you buy the bundle, you can buy all the add-ons um, for a 60% discount or something like that. So then it's kind of, uh, the, the best of both words you can buy kind of a souped up version of the 
plugin by buying the, the, the bundle with all the add-ons or you can still buy separate add-ons. Having said that, this is one of the marketing tweaks that helped me because since I introduced the add-on bundle, 90% um, of the sales are just the, the bundle. In fact, I was tempted of kind of switching to the model of free plugin, souped up plugin, but in the last year and a half, I've, I've done so many changes in terms of marketing, how to market the add-ons, whatever. I'm just trying to take it a bit slower now. Um, as yeah. in, I don't want to do so much changes in just one year, you know? Yeah, I would I would say anybody who's using the add-on model or even considering the add-on model, what you said is actually an important point. You actually have the, the advantage from, say, your solely premium competitors because you can offer them as a la carte individual add-ons or as a unified bundle, which is essentially the same as getting just a single pro upgrade. Yes, they're all in modules and they're all in upgrades, but you kind of get, like you, you called it, the best of both worlds, right? You can be both the premium, and we've done the same thing with Ninja Forms. We have our agency, which is an all-in package, which is far cheaper than buying each individual add-on exactly. as you want. But the person who just wants that one thing that they can still do that. Like you're not stopping them from doing that. So you really do get, I think you open up your market and your user base by actually giving both options. No, I mean, as, as I said, I mean, the, the majority of sales, 90% of the sales are the actual bundle. But yes, you still do get these occasional uh, single on sales, you know, and you don't want to ignore those users, you know, you're just trying to be, um, as you want your product to be as available as possible to everyone, you know. Now you talked about your secret, uh, kind of your in-app, kind of upsell, right? Like adding those menu items to those specific features so that people could see them right in the menu and kind of engage that. Um, now, having not seen that it's specific thing myself with your particular plugin, there are some plugins who do this kind of gated, um, this is a feature, it's premium, and you click on it and you talked about like the pop-ups and the notices and the admin notices. And I, there's a few, even some of our competitors that do some similar stuff where you start clicking on things and you're like, oh, sorry, that's a pro feature. Nope, nope, sorry, that's a pro feature. Nope. And you, you start to question yourself, is there anything that I can click on that's not a pro feature? Um, and having not seen it in your particular instance, I wanted to hear your take on that kind of uh, user experience where there are some things in there that you are advertising but don't actually yet do anything until you buy those add-ons. Have you received any pushback? Have you heard, have you received any uh, complaints of people you know using the free product to see that, or do you if you find overwhelmingly that people are totally okay with that? And, and in, in terms of complaints, I am sure you both agree that whatever you do, you will always get complaints from someone. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, certainly, certainly, yeah. So there will always be people, but. Um, I see your point, and I did think about it, to be honest. Um, but I, I'm trying, through my material, what, what I'm trying to promote is, 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 is a very simple model. The audit trail, mm -hmm. the, the actual logging, the plugin, the logging part, that is free and will always be free, kind sure. of thing. Um, any additional things, I don't know, email alerts, reports, whatever, search, that, 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 will, that will have to be paid for, you know? But um, the audit log will be free. But yes... Um, I, at the moment, in fact, I'm, I'm juggling with the idea, um, which you mentioned is, is kind of some people might get bored. Like you start clicking, uh, it, it happened to me as well. You start clicking, this is paid, this is paid. Okay, uninstall the plugin. It's simple, you know? <laughs> um, right. So so I, I'm trying to find that balance. What I'm trying to, to look into um, is most probably, um, rather than just saying, listen, this is a premium feature, um, maybe um, set up a demo site 
where users can log in and, and see the functionality for themselves and test out and refer to it from there. You know, it's like, listen, okay, this is space functionality, but you can see it right now, how it works in a demo site. Uh, because, um, as I said, most people are, are buying the plugin and that was kind of the trick that that made it happen. But at the same time, yes, I, I do receive um, questions from time to time. People like, listen, okay, you, it, it's clear on your website what this add-on does, you know, but I, 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 I still need to kind of see it, you know, to, to, to test it out. So, so I, I, that's the next step, in fact, the, the next thing I need to do to find the right balance for, for, for that particular thing. What what software do you use for the demo sites? Um, I, I'm just, in fact, I'm, I just started now. In fact, uh, most probably, I think you posted on it as well, Jean. Um, I posted on some Facebook group about this, um, and I'm still looking uh, into ideas. Um, I know I met someone, referred me to, to someone else, um, that they have this kind of um, hosted service where you can put a demo site. It's like kind of, it will be a sort of a VM machine where you can just reload it anytime you want, you know, clear it and everything. But I, I'm, st I'm still juggling the idea. I think considering I didn't have that many requests, I might start by doing something myself, as in I will install a WordPress, I'll install my plugin, and just create a guest account for people who would like to take a look, you know, manually in the beginning. If I see that, of course, it's something that's happening more often, people want access more often, then I would I would need to look into how to automate it. But I think in the beginning, I'll just start by doing the, the process manually. Um, it will only take a few minutes to set it up, uh, uh, you know, as, as a basic concept. Yeah, I'm using the Ninja demos from James' team, actually, and uh, it works well. <laughs> Most of the time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's uh, also a couple of other similar solutions as well, but this one is one of the best um, ways you can simply do it. It, it won't really won't take a lot of time, you know, just a half hour and you can have everything set up. Is it a plugin or is it? Is it is a plugin. Um, you can actually access it on GitHub. Uh, so if you look okay. up Ninja Demo on GitHub, it's available there. We've actually, so just for full disclosure, we actually stopped selling it. Uh, recently, we've pulled up and put it into an under construction mode just because our team doesn't have the bandwidth to fully support it. And so we don't want to take people's money for something that we know we can't give it the full attention to. But okay. it's there, it's available, and we certainly uh, would accept pull requests and if people make improvements or have ideas and things like that. But it's completely free and, uh, and on the repo. Okay, thank you. I'll definitely check it out. Cool. So, um, Robert, you also mentioned that you continue to do your private work as a consultant as well in, in the area of security and also WordPress-specific security. You're probably one of the only people I know who have managed to juggle successfully both a plugin business and a consulting business at the same time. So I'd love to know how you manage to do it and whether you have plans to sort of switch to one or the other in the future. Um... As I said, originally um, I, I was using the, the plugin when it was free um, to promote the website, to send visitors to my website, you know, um, you know, some basic affiliate marketing to promote my services and things like that. And it did generate some sort of basic income. And in fact, apart from my other jobs, which are not related to WordPress, um, anything that was generated from the website in terms of WordPress income, let's put it this way, was being injected directly to the plugin. Now it's the other way around. Uh, the website is kind of being used to promote the plugin. Originally, as I said, the plugin, um, especially the year, the first year where we've done the premium add-ons, because the development wasn't stable, I had a lot of time on my hands. Not that I wanted to, but um, I was kind of always waiting for the developers 
to give me something to work with, you know, to, to market it and things like that. So I was focusing a bit more, when I had time, I was focusing a bit more on the website, which kind of generates more income, which helped me as well pay for more development hours and things like that. Um, nowadays, what I'm looking at is, um, in fact, I'm only accepting, in terms of consultancy at, in WordPress, I'm, I'm accepting very few jobs. Um, and the only jobs I'm really accepting is just because they're kind of old customers and I'm keeping in touch with them and I'm keeping them there and nurturing the relationship. But in terms of new jobs, I do get questions, of of course, because I still get a lot of business on the website, but I'm trying to, to avoid running on that because um, in terms, um, both in terms of income scalability, I think the plugin is much better. I personally, even though I, I, I like security, um, it's a much more difficult market in the sense even dealing with people explaining some things um it's much more difficult sometimes they don't understand something it's not their fault you know but it's it's i think it's much more stressful i would say um the plugin you're just kind of it's a software you you start selling it and um hopefully you get as least possible support you know and <laughs> and but yeah I, I think i personally it's, just, it's maybe because it's, it's me it's i always work for software companies for startups in my corporate life let's put it this way and i always kind of wanted to have my own products my own my own software it happened gradually it wasn't in my mind but now that it happened i would like to give it the full focus um as much as i can to to keep on um focus on the plugin so I will keep on the website, of course. Um, I will keep on writing articles from time to time because it's good to put your name out there and, and people can associate a name with a website or a plugin. But the, the main focus is, is, is the plugin. In fact, the website is now being used to support the plugin and not the plugin to support my services, you know? So it, the focus shifted some time earlier this year. As soon as the plugin changed into a profitable project, the focus shifted immediately, you know? Very nice. Another question I have is, we, we've been interviewing people from basically all, all around the world. So I like to learn about the local community of the people we're interviewing. Uh, speaking of Malta, obviously, yes. you've, you've lived here. <laughs> we started here. Unfortunately, there's not much of, of a community no. to speak about. But I think that in Edinburgh, you found something better. And I'd love to know how the WordPress scene is there. Yes, um, we do have a monthly uh, meetup. We're usually, it depends on the season and winter is, is very quiet. I mean, winter is, is, is quite heavy here, but um, starting from March till October, November, um, it depends, but usually we're between 20 and 30 people, sometimes even 40. We always meet, meet at this same place. It's, it's, it's a bar. They have a, a kind of a big um, room where we, we stay. Uh, the community is very active. Um, we have free beers and free pizza, so that's, <laughs> that's a good bonus. But the community in general is very active. Um, there's a good mix of people, as in developers, um, users, designers, and everything. Um, I personally think I'm not much of a community person, to be honest. Um, I, I, I always work from home. For example, I don't like to go and work from um, shops, um, like coffee shops, bars, restaurants, whatever. But I think... Um, the fact that I had this, this this small community and I could go there when I had a question and ask and actually some people asked me some questions um, made me feel involved and, and it, the community was also um, kind of my punching bag when, when I was thinking of closing the whole project down, you know, so I was asking questions. Um, I, I'm lucky enough there is there is someone um, who's who was exactly in my same position in terms of finance, in terms of projects, in terms of everything. So we're always bouncing ideas of each other, you know. So it was of great help. Um, this year, a meetup also started in Glasgow. I haven't been there, but it seems it's quite active as well. And and last year, we also organized the, the WordCamp Edinburgh, which was a, a very good success. Um, we sold all the tickets. Um, it was a whole day. It was, it was real fun. 
the World Camp actually gave a, a bit of promotion to the meetups, to the monthly meetups. And in fact, once we held the World Camp, the meetup was becoming more popular and more people were coming there. In fact, sometimes I think um, the the maximum capacity of the place where we are it's around 30 people. In fact, more often than not, there are people in the waiting list. So it, the traction is there. Um, the community is active. Um, this year we were planning of doing the World Camp, but there are some logistical logistic issues, and that's why it hasn't happened yet. But no, the community is active, um, and as I said, it, it, um, I'm not much of a community person, but it, it did help me a lot because, um, as I said, it was like my punching bag, and uh, and the fact that people were asking me questions made you feel kind of okay. It's 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 not the end of the world kind of thing, you know. Okay, project is failing, but there's still kind of sort of hope. So so no, it was of great help. It was. And the community is very active, so I'm, I'm very happy. That's very good to hear, and uh, I'm happy that you found this community there in Edinburgh. And I highly encourage people who are listening to this show, and perhaps they're in a place where there's not so much of a community, to just you know gather a few friends if, if they haven't, start something up, because things can grow very quickly if, if they're done well. And uh, yeah. It, it, do, it, do, it does help. In fact, I know someone who... who um, I met someone who who works um, who was at the Edinburgh meetup when he started joining the meetups. He was working in a full time, and by talking to me and several other people, like you did with me, basically, uh, for the last three months he's been freelancing now, and and it's all going well, you know. So so it's good. They do help, yes. Very cool. Um, I would like to um, profit from the fact that uh, you're on the show and ask you some security questions. Sure. So the first one I have is obviously we've read tons of posts and about security and security plugins. So apart from obvious, the obvious things, keeping everything updated and all that, what's the most underrated? I know you're gonna tell me logging. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> apart from logging, what's the most underrated security aspect that we are we are ignoring as a community in general? And you're free obviously to speak about logging as uh-huh. well, but. Um- before I go into logging, I mean, um, there, there are many, 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 many things like many plugins, services, etc. I think one, if you look back at the history of, of the, the majority of hacks, like when there is like a huge brute force attack, you know, 60,000 websites are hacked. I mean, it, it always boils down to some two small things, um, weak credentials and um, outdated software. I mean, it's not just it's not just WordPress. I mean, in general, coming from a security background, even like if you look at this um, Panama Papers gate um, and the, all these issues, I mean, it's not hundred percent sure, but ninety nine percent the Panama Papers were leaked through a hacked website, which were, which had some old framework running on it. You know, so so old software running old software is is, is still a big issue and. One thing I find funny because I see a lot of people complaining every day on Facebook groups. Oh, another WordPress update, another plugin update. Uh, in reality, um, the more updates you're seeing, it means the more secure the software is going to be. You know, um, the more vulnerabilities that are reported um, ethically, and the more there are fixes, the, the less chances of someone malicious, let's put it this way, um, finding this vulnerability and exploiting it. So, kind of don't complain about them. Just install the updates. And yes, WordPress had some issues with updates in the early days, but nowadays, I mean, I have been using WordPress for the last five years. Um, I use a ton of plugins. I have three different websites for my plugin and my my, my consulting business, etc. And I I rarely have a problem unless you have some sort of um, custom tweak or something. And, and of course, then you you you're you're shooting yourself in the foot. So so that's expected. So updates are very important and and strong credentials. Yes, there are two-factor authentication. They will help HTTP authentication. But by starting with those two things, um, you're already like far ahead 
far way ahead of everyone else. And the second thing, yes, of course, I was going to say um, is logging. Um, uh, when we think of security, people just think of hardening, um, firewall blocking, and these type of things. Um, sometimes they think about privileges as well, which is good, but um, logging is something that it's, it's extremely overlooked, mainly because via logging, for example, if you have a, the right logging solution, you can build an intrusion detection system for WordPress or intrusion prevention system for WordPress. You can you can kind of um, if if you keep if you know how to set it up, you can actually know about detect an attack, a potential attack that's going to happen. You know, by by some for example, if your WordPress is being scanned, if you have the proper logging system in place, the logging system will tell you that your WordPress is being scanned or that it's under a brute force attack. So all these things you can get them from logging. It also helps, of course, um, in several other things like. Com um, compliance, uh, monitoring users, and all the other stuff. And another thing is, it also helps in, in in forensics. I mean, you don't want your website to be hacked, but in the unfortunate case that it does happen, you need to know what happened. I mean, many people, one of the biggest mistakes I've seen back in the days, um, when I was working on kind of cleaning hacked websites, people just restore the backups, and the, the next day, the website is hacked again. The reason being is by restoring the backup, you're not actually closing the security hole that the hacker exploited. Know, to hack into your website. So by having logging, you can actually look exactly and try to see, and not just my plugin, don't get me wrong, even the web server logs and these things. In fact, forensics, when you study uh, ethical hacking and these type of subjects, forensics uh, and logs, logs are kind of the holy grail for, for penetration testers. You know, that's where you find the most valuable information and forensics, you know, um, because unless you find even if you look at the biggest hacks in the world, eBay, Amazon, and all these big hacks, the first thing they do, it's not just restore some backup, it's just they start looking into what happened. Because unless you find what was exploited, you can restore anything you want because you will get hacked the day after immediately, you know? So that's, that's very important as well. So I have a question on that for your average user, and perhaps not not just our listeners, um, but beyond. We know logging is important and we constantly, even with like error reporting, I mean, we do the same thing, right? Like yes. one of the things we'll ask for a lot of times for our customers when there's issues is, can you get us your server error log so we can read through that and determine, um, or a if they can't get them to us, if they can look through it and kind of pull out the important information, but where we, where we get caught, right, is not everybody even knows how to read these things. So they sure it gets logged, but I have no idea what I'm looking for in this log. Uh, can you speak to that specifically? I know, you, so obviously you have a plugin that does logging. I'm assuming it's pulling out the important stuff or highlighting the important stuff for you. How, do, how does that work in a system like that? Um, in, in fact, that's um, bridging that gap between the kind of um, users, let's say the technical users and non-technical users. It's one of the biggest challenges. In fact, one of the add-ons that I have is, is you can configure kind of specific triggers. So if there's a specific log entry, the, the plugin sends you an email. Now, for me, it's easy to, to say because I have experience security, but for many people who do not have experience security, it's like, okay, what should I do with these triggers? You know, I mean, what should I set up? So that's a very good question. And that's something I'm trying to figure out to be able to sell more, to be honest, but. <laughs> right, that's probably the silver bullet, right? Because if you can tell yes. people how to read these logs, then they can really get the value out of them. Yes, but exactly. But but things you should look for, I mean, to be honest, um, for example, even, let's let's forget my plugin, just looking at the web server log, uh, web server log files. For example, if you see a lot of activity, from the same IP address, um, that's something you should worry about. If, if, if you search on Google, for example, you can e find a good number of patterns um, that that um, you can you can use to look for in your web server log files. And that if you find a specific pattern, that means someone is trying to exploit this vulnerability. So for example, 
I remember the the the, the um the ref slider problem where like sixty thousand websites were hacked. Um or I don't know which which plugin exactly, but I know the ref slider one one of the biggest. Um that that problem in particular it was uh, an exploitation of a uh of a vulnerability through a through an HTTP GET request. So basically um if you find a specific string in your in, in your log file, if you search for that specific string in your log files, most probably back then when the vulnerability was being heavily exploited automatically, you could find it. So basically, these type of signs will, will show you if someone is trying to do something against your website. It's it's not an easy question to answer, to be honest. I mean, uh, it's 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 like asking someone who's not a developer, it's like explaining to someone who's not a developer what a developer does, kind of to troubleshoot a specific issue. You know, it's like <laughs> so. Um, unfortunately, and that's why usually security products are a bit difficult to sell because um, it's difficult to bridge that gap, and that's something which I'm working on. Not just me; I have to speak to other people in the industry and security in general, not just WordPress. It's it's one of the biggest challenges is translating um, that knowledge into its use. In fact, some of the most successful products in security in WordPress and also outside the WordPress industry are those products which are very easy to use and can bridge that gap and deliver the information as it should you know yeah it's it's a it's a tough challenge if you have a technical uh, a product that solves a technical problem which security is uh, exactly. another 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 i think market that has a similar problem is things like back backups and migrations like that's that takes a bit of understanding about how files are stored and how data is stored and how it's transferred and and making that simple is right the holy grail the silver bullet to being able to market and sell a product in that space Exactly, I agree. I mean, a few a few days ago, I was speaking to someone who had some problems with the website and asking for his backup, and they had some custom plugin, and they were using an online WordPress backup service, and they were surprised that this service wasn't backing up this um, the information that this custom plugin was storing, mainly because this plugin was creating its own database, its own table, whatever. And it's difficult to explain to these users, like, listen, okay, you had a different database. The online web service is, is for WordPress and it doesn't back up the, you know? So yes, bridging that gap is, is, tough. is very important. It's tough, yes. That's very, very, very cool. Yeah, I think uh, we can wrap it up there. Um, Robert, thank you very much for sharing your WordPress journey with us. You've really done a great job of giving us uh, an inside view of your journey with WordPress consultancy and plugins, and also giving us some great tips about security of the websites that we, we host. We all host WordPress websites, obviously. And uh, do check out Robert's plugin, WP Security Audit Log. It's on the WordPress.org repository. And uh, Robert, where can they? find you if they want to hear more from you or even contact you okay uh, first of all thank you very much for having me james and john i really enjoyed this this podcast um the the plugin as you said is on the repository it's wp security audit log i have a website for the plugin as well which is wp security audit log.com i have also have another website which kind of started it all which is wp white security.com in fact um from from both websites there are the contact contact form pages and we're still a very kind of very very small team so i, I see all the emails myself as well so yes if they want to get in touch uh, of, of course like almost everyone i have twitter roberta bella and facebook etc so so yeah through the websites there's there are the contact forms and i surely if you if you use them i surely reply I mean, I see all the emails myself, so. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Robert. Thank you very much. Yeah, Robert, thank you so much for being on the show. I uh, really appreciated hearing your story. Thanks a lot. This episode has been brought to you by SiteGround. A number of SiteGround's users find out about their exceptional WordPress hosting service thanks to people like you, WordPress professionals whom your friends and audience turn to for a trusted opinion. 
The demand for a reliable, well-supported, and high-performing hosting partner is ever-growing. Even if you're not looking for hosting services yourself, your followers, clients, or contacts might be. SiteGround offers top-notch hosting infrastructure with a complete set of WordPress management and developer tools. You can benefit from recommending a quality hosting service, make some extra income for the effort, and keep the trust of your audience. On average, WordPress consultants, theme, or plugin developers can earn $125 per referral as SiteGround affiliates without being professional marketers. SiteGround offers one of the shortest hold periods, sends payments every week, and works hands-on with their most committed partners. So join their affiliate program now. SiteGround, your trusted hosting partner. That's it for today, guys. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Please reach out if you have any questions or feedback about our show, about this episode. And do feel free to contact us at Jangalea on Twitter, at James Laws also on Twitter. And you can also use our website and our email podcast at mastermind.fm. You can also leave a review on iTunes as usual. And you can also subscribe to receive new episode updates on mastermind.fm. Thank you, guys. Take care and we'll see you in the next episode.